And we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. I'm Brent. And I'm James. So first off, before we do anything here, before Mike asks you a question, James, you're sitting at a different spot at the table tonight, right? Because mm-hmm. people have seen the, the photos on Twitter. Usually James is on the opposite end over here between Mike and Luke. But <clears throat> we, had to make an, we had to make an important distinction tonight. This corner of the table correctly picked. <laughs> Mike's taking a picture. <laughs> now he knows where it's going. Mike was glaring like, what? This corner. Give me five, buddy. This corner of the table picked the Montana Grizzlies to win the football game. Right, James? Yeah. That's right. So we can't have you over there, man. This is the winner's Look. corner oh right God. here. Okay. I, I have this app, James, that that tracks my macros, <laughs> my food intake, but I can't seem to find the nutritional value of eating your words. <laughs> oh, boy. Do you know what this, what should I enter? I don't know. <laughs> See, here I so, thought that it was the producers just moved him away from me because no. he's been talking back to me. No, no, no. Had no. to shake things up. <laughs> Wait, we got the Apple Watch gang I going knew on when here. You put the microphone over there. You were That's up to right. something. Well, what a been gimmick. thinking about that joke <laughs> <Yeah>. yesterday. <laughs> as soon as the fumble happened in the fourth car, I was like, James is sitting next to me. We are dunking on these guys tonight. Uh, what did you think of the game, James? It was good. Yeah. yeah. What What do you think they did different? Like, what What made the difference in this game? <laughs> Yeah, I agree. There was more. You got nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, what you What you think about the game. the passing game? Did it look a little different than it did before? Yeah. Yeah. They definitely opened it up a little bit more with them, and the defense they made some adjustments. Uh, full disclosure: we watched the game with some friends, and when we watch games with friends, James sometimes plays with his friends. <laughs> sometimes. <Okay. laughs> so. Well, so there are parts of the game he's very familiar with, and other parts yeah. may have missed completely. A little fuzzy, a little fuzzy on it. So, James, if you could pick a player of the game, who would it be? Keelan White. Keelan White? Okay. He did. Mm-hmm. So, last week, Junior Bergen goes over 100 yards for, for Grizz First Grizz since yep. whatever, and then Fonts and White are both over 90. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fonts finally his breakout game, oh, right? Man. Absolutely, that catch so where he good. just extends his whole body to get that touchdown—I that was awesome. I wasn't sure that they were going to call it a catch upon review. I'm with you, yeah, it was close. I mean, super close. But he did. I mean, like it was like, damn. If UC Davis had fans on Twitter, they probably would have been tweeting at the commissioner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was fine. So, James, i got a really important question for you. When you weren't watching all of the second half because you and your buddies were running around outside, you were playing some game out there. Mm-hmm. What was the game called? Ghosts in the Graveyard. Ghosts in the oh, Graveyard. Yeah. I don't know this game. How's the game work? One person's the ghost, and then, like, everyone else hides. And, like, it's pretty much hide-and-seek, but... Once someone gets tagged, it's not like the round starts over. You just keep going. Except that it's dark. And then, You're on the yeah, team, and then right? there's a safe spot. Huh? No, we're not on teams. So if you get tagged by a ghost, what happens to you? This is a different ghost in the graveyard than I played. You're just it. And then you have to get everyone before like they get to the safe spot. 
which ours was a trampoline they had. So the the listeners have a ton of questions for you. I'm going to put something back on them. They should tell us this week what games they remember playing as kids like that. <laughs> yeah. Because I'd be really curious. I don't remember most of them, but I can think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Play Ghost in the Graveyard as kids, right? I've, I've never heard of that game. Did you guys play any games in Shelby? What'd you do? We did play <laughs> a game. I need to adjust yeah. the title of it. Oh, God. <laughs> Please do. But, involved throwing a ball at people? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. We yeah. played. We just lined up and played a lot of like actual football, mostly. Fair enough. James's buddies do a lot of that too. Your buddies, to, especially. We used to play Ditchum, which I don't know. You could play it in like a city where people are kind of strangers sometimes, but it was almost like uh, a capture the flag style game with like home bases and stuff. Nice. But you would like spread out uh, under the cover of darkness through the neighborhoods. And you could hide anywhere, and like you'd just be hiding in people's backyards and in alleys. In the dark. In the dark. And jumping through people's fences. But you know, you'd set like a three block perimeter or something, and you know, people would yell at you, but they would know who you like, you know, it's Shelby, so like We did something similar to that, but it was in high school and we would do it in entire neighborhoods with vehicles included. Vehicles, um, <laughs> like you could so take like people's you'd be cars looking for suffering. someone, and they'd be running down the street. But in retrospect, it had a terrible name. But also, um, I, I just don't think that you could play that today because I so, people would be very suspect. I would also be really worried about smoking a deer in this town, like <laughs> trying whizzing down the street. Well, there was nobody speeding down the street, oh. but. It, you're not like driving fast in the cars to catch the people on foot. We weren't. No, you were. You, you were, were driving driving very... on to look for people. So you'd have somebody with like a giant spotlight in the car, and you'd be like, "Oh yeah," sh- trying to find people hiding in the bush. And it's like you're so you're spotlighting, and yeah. I mean, it, I'm really surprised no one ever called the cops. <laughs> they might have. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that, James. Take notes. How was school this week? Good. How's learning the saxophone going? Good. All right. Have you learned any songs? Mm-hmm. Can you do like a sweet 90s saxophone solo yet? No. <sighs> you going to answer any questions like, with more than one word? Police no. officer had to turn in his badge and drive home saxophone solo. What's the name of the coolest song that they're trying to teach you? Don't say hot cross bones. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, it's almost so new. And that I missed this a lot because I didn't. You ever learned like the little Go Go's Go one? Mm. Really? Oh, man. No, I used to add on Okay. Uh, what do you want to do first, dude? We got a couple questions for you, and you want to pick games. What do you, what do you feel? What's your, what's your flavor? Pick games. You want to pick games? You ready? You feel ready for this? Mm-hmm. We got some weird ones again. Okay, we'll hit you with an easy one. Sac State Sac goes State. to Northern Colorado. Okay. Luke, you got that? I got it. Okay, James is cheating. He's looking ahead. Two win Portland State plays two win and probably top 25 in front of Montana, Northern Arizona. <laughs> NAU. You're going to pick NAU. It's yeah. in NAU. So, yeah. Uh, top 10 two win Eastern Washington plays 
Idaho State in Pocatello. Eastern. Eastern. Cal Poly goes to Bozeman. Bobcats. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Here's actually kind of an interesting one. What's that? Hold on. Is Cal Poly the worst team in the league now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just... They're bad. Holy cow. Well, I mean, Northern Colorado's pretty bad, too. But they at least put up a fight against Weber. Well, and they had the 91. Yeah. Or was that... No, that was Portland today. That's right. You're right. Uh, yeah, because Northern Colorado hasn't won a game yet this year. Uh, UC Davis goes to Weber State. Davis. Davis. Montana goes to Idaho. Oh, my God. Do you want me to hit you with the questions while you think about it? Yeah. Okay. Look at this. You get some time to think. Elrod Grizzly asks, James, if you could play any position for the Grizz, what would it be? Probably linebacker. Yeah? Why is that? Hell yeah. So I have a chance to get 37. <laughs> <laughs> so his, he's observant, though, because it's it's been hanging out in the linebacker room for a while. It has been, huh? Technically, any player on the team could get 37. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we're going to give a quarterback 37 or a kicker? I mean, technically. <laughs> Do you think that uh, Levi Jankaro could give Junior Bergen 37 next year? Give it back to the offense? I mean, he could. Do you think he will? I'll probably try to get it to someone else yeah. before looking at the offense. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, Paul Rouge, James has kind of a handful of questions here for you. Uh, they would like an honest update about your cross-country running season. Do you have any goals? What is your what has your improvement been like this season? Let's <laughs> see, Dad. Look on Dad's face. Yeah, here. James. Do you have a favorite course so, to run? What is your personal record, and will you run again next year? Part of the problem that we've discovered is there is no like elementary school aged cross country program of any sort. So James has kind of been on his own to do this, mm. which he's doing okay. But he could be better, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, James is a follow-up then. Grizz guy. His name is Frank. He is a very dedicated, very good runner. Long cross-country runner. Uh, he wants to just point out to you that um, he's going to give you some advice he didn't ask for. Have goals. Have some kind of goal. It gives you a reason to run. He's old, and he's still out there because he left a lot undiscovered when he was young. You will never know what you were capable of until you try. Don't be like Grizz Guy and always wonder what could have been. He just raced his first 50-mile race. Whoa. So running will always be there when you need it. What do you think of that? 50 miles? 50 miles. But your goal can be substantially smaller. <laughs> um. Though basketball season's coming, so you you better actually get out there and pick it up a little bit. Cause okay. You uh you know you don't want to be way under condition for that, do you? You think that'll go over well? Uh-uh. Coach Jay kind of listens to this podcast once in a while, so you're gonna <laughs> commit you. to coming into basketball season in shape. Mm-hmm. Might no. make you run a bunch, huh? Are you, okay. gonna, are you gonna say yes? I'll go into basketball yes. season in shape. Yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we also have James. Everett Grizz 
says, if you had to pick one of the three of us, Luke, your dad, or me, to kick a 25-yard field goal, who are you picking? <laughs> Luke is trying to get him to pick me, and James is shaking his head. <laughs> no faith in my ability here. Say, Brent. All right. I, I, I would pick Brent. I played, yeah, a bit of soccer. Kind of worked on. I thought I could kick a ball. Uh, okay. Oh, this is funny because ever okay, ever Grizz asks a handful of questions, and I think the other ones are meant for the rest of the pod, but because uh, someone pointed that out. But uh, what were your thoughts, James, that you listened to of the broadcast crew? What do you think of Marty Morningwig? The non, not the guy that does the play-by-play, but the guy who fills in in between plays. You know who that is. Yeah, I have no idea what he said. We had it muted. We were just playing <laughs> ping pong. Playing ping pong. Because you went to his uh, QB camp. Not as a QB, but you mm-hmm. went and hung out. You met yeah. Jeff Garcia there, you remember? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. dang. So we're Marty fans in this house. Okay. No, I like Marty, too. Um... Okay. The other, the last question is funny because it doesn't really reference like that it's moved on to us and asks for the best downtown bar for a couple beers, and then MT Grizzrule says that question. James better not know that <laughs> the answer to that question. Um. So, dude, I think. Let me just refresh. That's it. That's what we got for you, man. Any departing thoughts, wisdoms? You haven't picked Montana and Idaho. What's Idaho ranked third? They are third. If you pick wrong, you can move back to the chair next week on the other side, okay? <laughs> Idaho. You're going Idaho? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Do you think that the Niners are going to hang on the second half of this game? Yeah. I want to trash talk my uncle. Uh-huh. Is your uncle a Cowboys fan? Uh-huh. Which uncle is this? Jesse. Okay. Uh, no one's perfect. It's okay. It's a fair point. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. All right, dude. All right. Well, Brent, <laughs> since you picked it correctly... <laughs> Let's go. Um, why don't we? Uh, why, why don't you lead things off? Okay. Um, the demise of the Montana. No, oh my god! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, it felt good to win the game. I mean, it did. I agree I, with I that. Think, I think it felt great to win the game. What was kind of funny was I I looked back at my pick and I thought because I said this on the pod last week as I said. Dan Hawkins is like an older school coach that Bobby like matches up against well. And I felt like, especially there were some moments where Davis did some real weird. Some of their play calling was really weird. I yeah, and I mean, and again, very familiar. It felt like, I mean, sounds like super critical, but it felt like Bobby was playing against Bobby, so he knew what was going to happen. Like when you're down two scorers and you're still running the ball a bunch on first down, you're doing a fake punt on your own thirty yard line. That was second quarter, though, right? 
and there's just a, like a handful of head scratching stuff. And then, you know, you're, I, it just, it kind of felt like it was definitely a game that, uh, we were very well prepared for, and uh, I, I thought the coaching matchup would would go that way. And I would say uh, best prepared for game all year. For, Absolutely. I mean, obviously, I mean, like, who knows how they prepared for any game? But for, as far as what showed up, I would say my thought, uh, my my first impression was the Grizzlies were finally like physically dominant on both sides of the ball, yeah. like they. I don't know if it's a, just a mentality thing. Like They feel like their backs are painted in a corner now, but yeah. I thought they played their tails off. Um, were hyper-aggressive. They flew around on defense yeah. uh, more than I'd seen all year long. So yeah. it, it just felt so dang good to see the team play like this. It's kind of a dep- – I mean, yeah, it's kind of the first time, especially against a, a, a much better opponent that uh, – you know they they rose to the occasion. A right. ranked road win. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. This is amazing. I was so I was so pumped. I did not see this coming. I mean, that's <laughs> one of the games I picked the Grizz to lose in before yeah. the season started. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, now they're they're three and three now, so maybe they're not having quite the season people thought. But that's still a good football team. I mean, that was the team that everybody was like should have gotten in the playoffs last year over the Grizz. Right. So settled that. Yeah, yeah, but right, right. Well, you know, if you hopped onto the old Twitter, the you know the FCS uh, pollsters definitely are completely discounting this win and think it is absolute garbage and should not count. Of course, um, because their running back was out. Never mind, we don't have Cole Grossman or half our D line. But you know, I mean, we should just Ex- say because one guy is not playing, this this win means nothing. It's as good <laughs> as a loss. It's it's damn near as good as a loss. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was um, <laughs> that, there was one particular national writer who who had like Eastern twelve and Montana twenty five yeah. last night. Yeah, and a Grizz fan asked him, which if I was a national writer, I would hate the Grizz fans because a lot of them are obnoxious. Sure. But a Grizz fan asked him, and he said something like, "It's hard to explain. I'll let Kyler explain it." Well. Kyler's the Eastern Washington Homer from the Big Sky Podcast Network. Yes, yes. Um, and Kyler's the basis of Kyler's argument was if Montana played Eastern schedule, they would also be two and three. To which that was the all that Kyler explained it answer, suggesting that he's basing his polling on hypothetical schedules that the Grizz should have played against. Opponents they didn't. My favorite thing was just like you're, you know, I mean Montana, you're just being a whatever, and it's like, so let me counter you saying you're being a homer by deferring to this homer. <laughs> but whatever, it's all not good. my problem. It's all good. It's all good. It was a good win. It was a great win. We have a starting quarterback. That we do. I am, I, I am so glad that they've just consistently let someone play for a couple weeks in a row. Indeed, at, at quarterback. At now quarterback. we need to do that at running back. <laughs> I think I talked about it last week, but I mean, it's like last week. Didn't we have we rotated all three of them in on the first drive? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, speaking of our running backs, a really idiosyncratic thing in the box score is that Eli Gilman had a long of eighty-five <laughs> yards. And a net of 86. And his <laughs> net is 86. 
which is kind of weird. It's the strangest stat line. I've I mean, how seen. often do guys get over five carries, have a run over 80 yards, and not hit 100? Yeah. I mean, that's got to be a really tough thing to do. <laughs> and he still led us in rushing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was a little concerned at is in the third quarter. I, I feel like there was like six plays in a row, whether by designed quarterback keeper, RPO that ended up with McDowell, yeah. or just getting pressured during a pass. He took like six hits on like six consecutive plays, yeah. and I was like, yeah. he's got to be exhausted, and he's going to wake up like he just got out of a car crash. So the, what would be technically our third to last drive, but the second last meaningful drive that ended with the Harris fumble. Yep. Like a play or two before it, they showed him, like they zoomed in on McDowell's face and he was drenched in sweat and he's like breathing super heavy and he looked just <laughs> exhausted. I was like, this kid has got to be just wrecked. <laughs> right? Man. I'm glad he's a big dude. <laughs> right? I kept, I was thinking we're going to see Vidlac. Yeah. Like they're going to have to pull yeah, him for a series <laughs> to catch his breath, <laughs> you know? And like, it is, it's interesting because like it's, it's, Fun to see them let somebody get comfortable and get a little bit more variety in the offense. Yeah. I still have real concerns against good defenses, though, because I just, I mean, we don't, we can't run the ball consistently. He's an okay runner. I don't think he's an all league level runner by any stretch. Yeah. Um, he's throwing the ball better than I thought he would. So I want to give him that credit for sure. Um, I, I just think what we saw is his playmaking ability. Like he made some damn plays. So you there was Davis. a little like Dalton Sneed esque like vibe to him. I thought of just tuck it and run. I don't know, run and throw some weird pass and it hits, and you're like, ah, this is exciting. Oh uh, UC Davis. I mean, now we're we're a game through, but they have the fourth hot, best uh, rushing defense by yards. Okay. Well, there so. you go. For whatever it's worth. We had 180 on the ground. No, I, I thought we moved the ball when we I mean, wanted to. A big chunk of it came from one play. Yeah. <laughs> but still. Yeah, that's it's funny. Like with McDowell, there was a point where he had run the ball. And I, I made a comment uh, with the people I was watching with. And I think because he's such a big guy and he extends his arms out so much. And this is like just a stupid fan observation. But like. Players have an easy ability to like grab an arm or a wrist or something, so he doesn't like because Dalton Sneed would be able to like get away from people. And it seems like McDowell is always fighting through people, like pulling on an arm or a leg or a jersey or something. Like he he's always just like is getting drugged down a whole bunch mm. because of his size or something, or maybe just not as much of speed as other running QBs have. I don't. Know. I definitely don't think he's as elusive as Sneed. No, he's more of a bruiser. But like he is. Still, like a pretty dang good playmaker, or he he looked like oh he he went into that he's three steps below Sneed on the oh for sure uh, runs of the ladder. But I think that he is showing that he can be serviceable. It's coming back, holding can be he can be (laughs) serviceable and and he can do a lot of good things. Um, Well, we'll see. There was a what was it? It was like a third and fifteen or a third and seventeen, and it was a design QB draw. But like, and he picked it up. 
he ran like 19 yards on the play. Yep. I think it was like I think it was labeled as like his longest run. Of course, I can't find the box score now. Um, so Scherzer's longest was 20. So maybe that was the one because he holds the ball up and they tucks down. He runs and it was like he wasn't. That's the thing about McDowell too is like he knows he's not going to like dance and juke a bunch of guys. He just ran through a whole bunch of Davis defenders. And um, <laughs> and picked up a first down. So some of the design and the use of, of him in the game uh, worked really well. And I think there was definitely some kind of scary moments with some of his passes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but See, uh, I think Davis did not anticipate we were going to have him throw the ball 32 times. I think you're right. And I'm glad to see that, that even if they're not the best defense in the world, I'm glad to see that we can line up and we can do that. Because I think what you saw even last week against Idaho State is that they were stacking the box and daring them to throw. So I think that's why the game plan was like, okay, we've got to show teams that we can move the ball in the air. And it was fun because then we got to see Fonts and, um, uh, you know, White White both kind of had their breakout games. It was fun. Mm -hmm. That was fun to see. It was a lot of fun. I think Grizz Grizz Nation, a lot of people at Grizz Nation are having a hard time accepting that this win was fun. It was fun. <laughs> really? Like, we still got people asking us well, questions like, who's going to replace Bobby when he gets fired? It's like, damn, bro, just enjoy the win. Like, I don't know. Like, calm down. That's Yeah, it's too many steps down the road. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do get a little feeling that, like, I'm like, this is just a roller coaster of emotions. You know, like, yeah. <sighs> we were up. Then we were down. Now I'm like, I want to be up again. How high can I be up? Like, right. I, like, I wouldn't get too high. <laughs> we know Idaho is good, and we're going to talk about them. But then, yeah. like, it's like, well, you know, besides Idaho and MSU, like, we could we could win the other games, and then it'll be up and down and up and down again until I'm nervous on the selection day to see if we make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, Luke. And well, it, yeah, but I'm just gonna say one thing: if we are on selection day and you are even thinking we have a chance, that's better than where we've been thinking the last couple of weeks. So, and, and yeah, now, and now we already have a maybe a more kind of Purdy to Kittle, which is a great <laughs> duo go. for my fantasy league. So <laughs> take that. There he is. James has got his James Purdy jersey on. Trapped in the room. He's got Purdy the dog jersey. wearing a Debo jersey. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready. Um, I mean, last year, the argument was the Grizz didn't have a single quality win. And, you know, who knows where Davis will, will totally flush out. But it was a ranked team on the road. Um, that was something we couldn't even hang our hat over. A, like a, a good road win last year. So we've None. Already, None of the critics thought that the Grizz would win this game. No, none. Two of us didn't think the Grizz would win this oh, game. Fair enough. So if they want to take it away, go and try and minimize it, do whatever they want. But if they went into the game saying, oh, the Grizz are going to lose yeah. and the Grizz won, what, what's the argument they're making? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just got to eat it, say they were wrong, and, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So, Mike, like you said, Aaron Fonts had, I have to guess, this is his best game as a. Grizz. Well, it, it absolutely is because there hasn't been a 100-yard receiver while he's been yeah. catching balls for the Chris. So, and I mean, and two TDs, right? Two TDs. Yeah. The and the drive where he had the TD that bobbles and he then catches and pins to his body right as he's sliding out of bounds. Incredible. 
I think his catch on a McDowell kind of sideline route might have been even more impressive just because it, it was a readjustment and a Which high is, point. I think it's something worth pointing out where it's like McDowell had a good game. He's still not as accurate as you'd like, his receivers made plays, which is something that we feel, I feel like we've been kind of criticizing a little bit, is like people need to step up and like help out. Yeah. And they did it this White week. Fonts really stepped up. Big and especially time. for Fonts after having that big drop last week, like yep. Yep. for them to have the confidence to go back to him. I thought the one of the other pivotal pieces of this game was uh, how, how impactful Junior Bergen and the special teams were. Oh, man. It's so exciting. Like when they, on that punt return, when the the guy got the booming putt, I was like, oh, I'll kick this coverage. <laughs> it's like you're you're like happy about them getting yeah. 50 yards in the air. <laughs> like why? I mean, I, I feel like it's every off. year now. I mean, it happened with Flowers, right? Like these, I don't know, maybe the college punters just aren't skilled enough to like dial it back, right? I mean, if you give me like a seven iron and tell me to hit it like a particular way, I'm gonna, you know, like, I'm gonna rip it. It's gonna go as far as it can go. Yeah. Maybe they're like a club, like they only have one club in their leg. <laughs> what do you think? I don't. I again, I think this is like a little bit of Dan Hawkins and Bobby Houck being very similar in their coaching style, where Dan is sitting here saying, "My punt coverage is good. My punter is good. I don't give a shit." who I'm kicking to until they prove it wrong, I'm going to do what I do mm. instead of be yeah. like, should I kick to junior Bergen? Absolutely not. I should corner it out of bounds or, and I mean, they did have a few early where they skied it up real high forced a couple fair catches. Right. But then it was like, I think there's just a handful of these coaches. And I think Hawkins senior Barnum and how can some of these other guys are of this cloth where it's like, I like, I trust my guys better, and I trust yours, even if he's one of the best ever to do it. Prove me wrong. Yeah. And like, well, we're, we're, we have sound scheme. Yeah. We'll be fine. I don't know. We haven't given it up yet. I trust my kids. Right? I, th- I think it's part of it. I'm, I'm sure it's part of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Eckett Idaho is that guy. Well, In fact, I'm pretty sure it's I'm not. pretty sure he's not. <laughs> Bergen, so. Bergen had four returns for 92 yards. Dang. <laughs> punt returns. So... And he had a decent kick return too, right? He had a, yeah, like went 30 for 34-ish. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Special teams, again, we sniffed out a terrible fake punt, but we sniffed it out. Boy, that was a terrible call, Gosh. too. Like, why do that? Running it with but eight yards You know, you pointed out something on Twitter, and we did not watch the game together. So yeah. you pointed out that the, both the extra points. extra points that someone got a hand on it, yeah. and then they blocked that field goal yeah. later in the game. And the uh, field goal was... We were attempted like a 54-yarder yeah. or something like that. So, I mean, you've got a low trajectory on that. but um, So that's something to get cleaned up this week. I mean, it was it was because um, I had thought that so far this year, if someone was building a resume to be a special teams coach somewhere, you would have a whole bunch of film from this year alone to show about all the cool shit your special teams is doing. Blocked long field goal, probably not so much. But there's a lot of other cool stuff that we've not, like, seen. Uh, and so, you know, whoever that may be that's building a special teams <laughs> coach resume has a lot of cool shit to show. You're probably going to delete that one. But you've got some punt returns and a nice kick return and some other stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no doubt. Whoever it may be. Whoever that. So. You never – always be building your resume, kids. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, okay. So – other things offensively for me, I thought 
like we're talking a lot of positive stuff so I can kind of like move to the the side that Egress wants us to talk about um the O-line had like some good stuff and showed a lot of good things and I don't think it's like an O-line problem but I have this kind of theory that I felt like the first quarter second quarter and half the third quarter was like Idaho State and first half of um Butler where uh, it was a lot more creative and using a bunch more of um, the skill players we had. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> halfway through the third, and most of the fourth quarter, <laughs> interception. We got a high five over that. Um, it's, a, it's a good Niners moment here. All of a sudden, it turns back into up the middle, hand it, hand it, hand it. <clears throat> and I don't know if this was – they just decided to take the – pedal off the gas or whatever but it was like i i was really baffled especially with a good portion of the fourth quarter because all of a sudden it felt like the o-line will get the push we'll get the win and i know in 06 07 08 09 you did but, but once nothing again, about two games two this. games in a row now where the offense got the ball under five minutes with one score win the game three and out and you know what they it was just it's not even that it was three out. It was so uncreative. And, you know, there's a couple people on Twitter that are like, nope, that, it worked, you know. But it's like, Barely. like tell that to Marty Schottenheimer. That was his thing, and he always got fired because he could never win big games, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it works until it doesn't work, and there have been plenty of examples well, of it not working. And if they hadn't fumbled, it, they were moving the ball. I was going to say. We're, I didn't, we're defending a two-point conversion. Yeah. So I was thinking overtime, yeah, actually. So, you know, I mean, so sure, it worked because – we got lucky causing the fumble or, you know, skill or whatever you want to say on that. Um, but if, if you're going to do that, run the ball, you know, what really bothered me about that is he snapped the ball with 10 seconds left on the play clock. Mm-hmm. Like if you are doing that, you need to be telling the QB snap it at one. Like I, I know yeah, that seems pos- kind of ridiculous, but it's like, it's a possession. It's a snap. Yeah. 10 seconds. If that is your, you know, if you're going to yeah, that's your plan. Out. Yeah. And your plan was just like, hey, let's run it three times. Make them use their timeouts. If we get a first down, great. If we don't, we're going to punt it to them, whatever. You use as much of the clock as you can. That's 30 seconds on three plays. Yeah, but, I mean, they called timeouts of the other ones, so they weren't moving. But the first one, it was 10 seconds left. It was. Frustrates the hell out of me. I also hate the play call. Like, especially when you've got a running QB, like, fake the handoff on one of those three plays and roll them out. Mm-hmm. And say, don't throw it unless there's somebody wide open. You know, if you if you j- just get back to the line of scrimmage, they have to call timeout. That is still fine. But, yep. like, just yes. make them have a different look. I, I agree. Yeah, stay in bounds. Keep the clock running. But, I mean, it's it was baffling because that first half especially, for the most part, screens, quarterback draws, um, going outside the tackles. The play calling was super creative. And a lot of it, save a couple deep shots, was like easier plays for McDowell, I would assume. Uh, And then we had a few others. There was a – boy, I can't even remember the moment. I I think it was second quarter where McDowell had a bit of pressure and kind of had to get away from it. And found Evan Schaefer for a, th- a third down conversion, and clearly not a first option. But it was like you saw a lot of really good stuff where short, easy, high percentage completions that, especially guys like Fonts and White, can take a six, seven, eight yard catch and turn into a fifteen yard play, yep. um, or a touchdown in some cases, like uh, Keelan did. And so it's just like 
do more of this? And then suddenly, you know, fourth quarter hits and it's back to, you know, it's back to Bobby Ball. <laughs> That's people. Oh, man, yeah, it's it, it baffled me. Like we we have a formula that's working, and suddenly it's like, oh, we have an eleven point lead. Throw it all in the garbage, and let's just make this game come right down to a fumble on the four yard line. <laughs> it's like God. I do want to see the analytics for like. Did you say analytics? Oh yeah, <laughs> analytics are for nerds. Nerds. <laughs> Might have been a conversation. Guess I'm a nerd because I like, like uh, stats. Well, I would like. I'd love to see like you're up 11 uh, with five minutes left on the clock. Like, what would the yeah? Like, what would the data sheet say? Like, there's this many snaps left in the game. Probably like, if you can take it down to this much time in a two possession game, like you're 94 percent likely to win. There's no way he has that sheet. I, I mean, I, there's, there's, don't you think those think, things you know, exist, though? I however many years of Bobby's head coaching career we are into at this point, there are things he does well and there are things he doesn't do well. And clock management is not one of his better things. Like right now, we've got the 49ers Dallas Cowboys game on, and both of these coaches absolutely play by analytics. Mike McCarthy got another chance to head coach because he adopted it. Kyle Shanahan and like his coaching tree of people yep. that have carried on. That's like their that's their whole thing, right? So, yeah, I I'm pretty convinced with like ten minutes of Google searching, we could find like appropriate analytics for these situations. Yeah, <sighs> I would also hate to be the analytics intern who's like tapping Bobby on the shoulder, being like, "Excuse me, sir." <laughs> Analytics say, well, the, the, uh, the, get the hell out of here, nerd. I mean, there was a lot of things, but I think, I know we have cat fans that listen to this, uh, this pod, um, Rob Ash, his son ran, ran or run still a firm that deals with football analytics and a, and a contributing cause for why he was let go besides inability to beat his rival was that there were too many baffling plays that led to tighter games or losses that were potentially based upon a decision made with analytics. Now it's a single situation because now (laughs) some of your most successful coaches in both college football and the NFL absolutely use analytics, but yeah. It's probably hard just because... Like the ability for a college kid to execute is so hard, right? Like, it's, right. there's so much variability and all that stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> well, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, we'll get more into this, but we see that first half Grizz offense going forward. We can do a lot of cool stuff this year. Yeah, I mean, it was it. Honestly, it's the most fun. That their offense has looked for a half in a long time for me. I, I mean, like we've had fun moments, like obviously the Eastern playoff game, the SEMO playoff game, sure. lots of fun that played out over the whole game. So it's like you, you don't want to just say whatever, but it was like it felt like, oh wow, they've got stuff going. Like we get the ball, we're gonna do something with it, which yeah. has not been the case. You had a moment where it felt like our offense had an identity. 
And yeah. the the thing Which is, we've we, not seen since we Dolphins could have been up by well, a lot more. Oh, that's where it's going to go next. Yeah. Like, that's what I said to the person <laughs> that was watching the game. I was like, the Grizz scored twenty one at half, and we fumbled the ball inside the ten. Yeah. I was like, we could have had some. You know, like I would have never picked that. This is the crazy thing. So if you if we would have been on the pod last week, I don't think. I mean, I don't think anyone would have thought we had a chance if someone said the Grizz will not only lose two fumbles, but they will lose two fumbles in the red zone, and then they will have two more penalties that take away potential, like either red zone visits or field goal attempts. So they will have a variable of a 20 to 28-point deficit based upon turnovers and penalties. Do you think they'll win the game on the road? No. James, James <laughs> no. And that was like I was so it was just I was so frustrated in that first three unsportsmanlike penalties. According to Sean Rainey, it was all yeah. People kept calling them talking. personal fouls, but they weren't personal fouls. They were just unsportsmanlike. Just all but three chatter, and chatter. one half. Like that's the refs overreacting. In my oh, absolutely. And uh, shout out to to Ian on uh, Twitter. He warned me because this this crew, the guy with glasses, this. This is the way his crew rolls, but um, but yeah, I mean we 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 gonna stop like Davis is what is it their third possession three and out, but we got unsportsmanlike for saying a little too much at the end, which is dumb. Yes, I know. Extends the play there in the end zone. How many drives this year have Oof. opponents we gotten them out third down and they got a penalty or something stupid and then that drive turned into a touchdown? Happened. Two can, or three times. Say, that's at least the third. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> twice for sure against Davis. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I couldn't think of four for sure, but Ugh. there's probably more, right? Well, and then I I, I see the the uh, I think there was a, a Grizz fan that was there in Davis on Twitter. I think it would tweeted at me or something that said Bobby's unsportsmanlike because he was very upset with. What he probably, I'm going to guess, believe Davis holding. Well, and it was a blatant one. Like, I called it the TV. Yeah. And uh, but he's like, that fired him up. Well, you know, we had another sportsman like on the next possession, so I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I don't know. But, I mean, the amount of early errors to overcome that as well, too. I mean, we could be sitting here talking about a. Not an eight-point win, but like a, you know, you name it, like, and a blocked field goal as well, too. And, I mean, so we could be sitting here talking about a double-digit, like a three-score-plus win at the moment. So, they got to clean it up. But it is an encouraging thing that you had so many boneheaded errors that hopefully they will not make again. On the road and still won. On the road and still won. Yeah. And... Davis is a quality football team. Like they may not be top twenty-five at the end of the year. Who knows? But they're not like lowest rung of the big sky. Like you know, looking at the schedule at the beginning of the year, that that's that was a tougher game than NAU was supposed to be. Yes. Which still begs the question. That just why sucks. We could be six hour right now. Shit. Yeah. So okay. So it's and fine. so Davis right now is three and three. So we know they go to Weber. They go to NAU. They go Portland, Idaho State. Sacramento. I have no idea how this team will finish. Weber, coin flip. At NAU. I don't know. Coin flip? 
Boy, I don't know. I think they'll beat Weber next week. I mean, Port, yeah, Weber we, has not both looked those teams. good. Yeah, Weber's in a dark place. Portland, Idaho State should win those, maybe. Sac State, Ian Davis, that's a rivalry. I don't know. I don't know hmm. how Weber. I mean, I think Davis is out of the playoff picture. They'll finish 6-5, and five and people will say they deserve it. If we finish nine and two, that they finish. <laughs> hey, got the head to head this year. Uh, um, uh, okay, defensive adjustments at halftime. I don't know what they did because Davis had three consecutive drives, like 94, 90, 75, and seventy-five. Like they rattled off, they missed an extra point, so they rattled off twenty points in three possessions and. 250-ish yards. What was their team total? So in those three drives, they had 250 yards. And the Davis total on the day was 435. So, I mean, more than half their yards came in three possessions effectively at the end of the first quarter and the second quarter. Um, And then the second half, they score three points, right? Yeah, three points. That's it. I mean, that was a dominating defensive half yeah so you, you can you can get the people who are making the argument like yeah they were playing to hold them <laughs> no that's yeah you look at the uc davis drive chart i'm sure you got it in front of you brent <laughs> touchdown 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 <laughs> um Wolf. lose it by downs lose it by downs, downs <laughs> punt 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 field goal fumble like yeah bravo crazy could you guys identify what they like a scheme change or the keys? Well, you made an observation. Well, someone else on Twitter made an observation and said the Grish Grenmore cover two. And then one of their three and out punts where Jace Klusiewicz runs right through yep. a, rece- like a receiver screen because in a cover two, those corners stay in the flat. Um, it blows up the play, tackles him. There you go, cover two. So it definitely. The second half, to me, it looked like, and again, this is a, a fan perspective I've never played, but it looked like it was a lot more like an over-the-top zone, don't get beat deep. And I, I think the, the Grizzly defense recognized that uh, Davis, without their stud running back, yeah, they, isn't going to run well on us. They were doing nothing exotic. with. <sighs> the, I mean, it was like the three, three linemen, and then they'd blitz a linebacker from somewhere. Yeah. And, and yeah. blitz is a relative term, but... They sent four. They sent four. <laughs> well, and the other thing that seemed to happen um, in the damn Niners are rolling. Juice! Um, is uh, Burke Purdy's fourth touchdown pass of the day. <laughs> oh, man. James is in. All right. Uh, <laughs> in the first, in those three drives that Davis had, we had a lot of Grizzly linebackers and safeties. Missing tackles. Like, they had that long catch and run. Was that like a 60-plus yard play? And we had Grizz safety sticking their hand out, sliding their heels through the dirt, missing the guys. And then in the second half, the amount of individual open field tackles by Grizz, mostly linebackers and safeties as well, too. But Nash Fouch was, I think, of the mainstay. But then Ryan Terrell, Raxon Hill, Levi Jancaro, Tyler Flink, um, meeting a, a receiver, a running back, or a tight end um, on these short flare-outs, flats, whatever, and dropping him for a loss 
for a one or two or three yard gain, forcing third and long. Uh, happened time and time and time again. It was really impressive. It's something we haven't seen all year. I mean, I don't know. I'll be curious to see what Bobby says at quarterback club, but I think in terms of just individual play, especially when guys were on an island, so to say, in the second half, they all stepped up. Yeah, will Bobby like show you guys, like, oh, here's, yeah, l- look at this chess move we did. Shut him down. Like, we blocked him. Like, we were doing a bunch of this, and then the brilliant defensive coordinator did this. Checkmate. Well, will it be yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, I mean that's he, cool. I mean that's that's a it's a cool feature at QB Club because what he'll do, I guess after the NAU game we saw plenty of hot stinky garbage, but usually <laughs> what you will see is um, he'll point things out. He'll be like, okay, they were doing this, so we did that, and now here's an example, right? And so second quarter they threw this screen in the flat and so-and-so misses the guy and he's 60 yards up the field because no one's there because he was like sitting back and had to come over and try to make the stop. Second quarter, we switch to this. Klusiewicz, 39's right there, runs up, puts him on his ass. Yeah. You know, they never really did. It was great, too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so uh, he'll, he'll show us and talk about stuff like that for sure. Yeah. Sounds worth it. Oh. Gogris.com slash QB. Eight pass breakups in the game. Right? I mean, that was pretty cool. I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I remember I was doing my post-game like, little write-up thing that I always do. And I was like, man, I felt like we had like three or four real nice pass breakups. And I pull it up, and it's like no one had more than one. Braxton Hill, Corbin Walter, Alex Governor. But there were some big ones. Like Braxton Nash Hill's Fresh. one, like it definitely prevented yep. what would have been a third-down conversion. Ryan you can Meyer. tell he's a basketball player, too. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Terrell, Ronald Jackson, and Jace Kluswich. It's crazy. Eight pass breakups in a game. So, and some of them, yeah. Braxton Hills was on a third down. Trevor Gradney had one on a third down. Ryan Terrell had one on a third down. That that then Davis kicked the field goal on, or else that was going to set up a first and goal. Um, damn. Amazing second half. Just adjustment and effort. And not that, I mean, I guess there's the three consecutive series that were bad. But, uh, yeah, hats off. It was a hell of a performance. I agree. I mean, they did a good job. And it was sloppy as hell. So, that you know, that if there can be more cleaned up, better things can happen. Yeah, bring the intensity, clean up some mistakes. We could beat a better team than UC Davis. And I hope, uh, I hope Bobby gets to take a little credit back for this because he said, like, last week we got outcoached. Right, we were yeah. surprised, and you know, uh, good job by him and his crew this week. Yeah, they definitely had him ready to go. Totally agreed. Yeah, that's what I got. I don't know. I don't got much more on this game. No, I mean, I think that covers it. Like the, uh, you know, there was fun performances from a lot of guys. I think we've hit them. That the Gilman run was fun to see. Oh man, weird stat line. Other than that, you know, two receivers over ninety yards. We'll take that. Bergen mixing it up like he does. Had a tight end with a nice catch. Schaefer, take that. They love Schaefer. I mean, if they can work him in so that he just is a, it catches enough balls to be a threat, it makes teams have to think about it, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. I can. 
We saw at least three plays of Evan Schaefer's in quarterback club last week. Boy, if you guys are Dak Prescott fans, it is not your night. <laughs> not your night. Uh, <laughs> Evan Schaefer is absolutely the right guy that this coaching staff likes because he's he's a menace. What's his background? I have no clue. He just like remember. I remember we got to fall camp and we're there watching a practice and Tabor's handing out. Things it's like oh hey we got two new transfer tight ends and I mean he's the, the a UMSID Eric Tabor yes yes sorry yeah because um, let me let me pull him up because uh, he was the son of a crocodile hunter six five two seventy eight and I was like oh this kid's just a blocker well it's a lot of what he does but he came from Hillsdale and then Is that a community home, college? It's, I think so. And okay. then he played in Connorsville High School in Indiana. Okay. And, yeah, he played nine games with no stats. Huh. And that was the whoever the Hillsdale Chargers are. Oh. Yeah, Luke, are you looking it up? Yep. Hillsdale Chargers. Third Six seconds, twenty-six yard touchdown drive. Oh my! And there's a here is James again. All right. Wait, what did I miss here? Uh, one play, twenty-six yards. Is it a pass? It's not a mission. Run. I hope. Um, twenty-six because uh, what's his name's out? Mitchell's out. So twenty-four. CMC's out. Well, CMC's he's out. Rest. Well, no, watch how you talk because CMC's dang, taking you're rest. Scare people here. Mitchell's out. <laughs> oh man, this game. Because you're playing CMC and fantasy. This is the tough thing yes. about being this a fan tough. of any team. 41-10. Oh, man. So Evan Schaefer graduated with academic and technical honors. From the Hillsdale College of Michigan. Was born with an extra pinky. Has the Are rib cage me? of a lion. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> This is how we start rumors, boys. <laughs> yes, like, and, and for fuck's sake. Damn. Have you ever heard of improv? Yes, and. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> oh, my word. That's amazing. He's 278 pounds. He was a regional qualifier in track and field at the 110 and 300 meter hurdles. Really? Imagine a guy that size running hurdles. Boy. That makes me feel like well, they should be getting him worked in just a little bit. But also, well, they're working. I mean, they like this kid. Also, in a what year did you say he was again? Uh, he is listed as a junior. And Indiana has got many more people. Sometimes I'm a little skeptical when you see like they're like, "Oh, this is a three sport athlete who ran track and like was a state qualifier in the hundred meter dash," and you're like. He's a white dude from Montana. <laughs> like his, the 100-meter dash record for the state is quite slow. Like, but he's this guy's from Indiana. There's people there. Yeah. This counts. Are you saying there's a prototype for in-state football players for the Grizz? Oh, well, please. Track star, wrestler, football player? Yep. Yeah. With a high motor? With a high motor. Yeah. yeah. High a little, motor. A little Dan Patrick show. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Being a sprinter from Indiana, that's not nothing. It's in the tier above being from Montana, Idaho, Wyoming. Sprinters. Slightly. Slightly. Man. Yep. 
great damn win. And that's like, we looked at this, and you never know what lays ahead. But before this weekend, there was four games where one would assume that the Montana Grizzlies would not be favored. Davis, Idaho, Sack, Cats. And you looked at it, and it's like if they can handle business with Northern Colorado, and that Portland State game I know is going to be tougher than people think it is, but yeah. if they can handle business against those two schools, these other four, they need to go two and two, and they're eight and three with at least two quality wins. They are in the playoffs. And if they do even better, I mean, <laughs> sky's the limit, right? So where it's funny, the loss to NAU put them behind the behind the, the, the goal, the path. But uh, on the good side, looking forward, the first test of making sure you're two and two are better against the four presumably toughest games left on the schedule, you're already there. You want to know. So off we go. It's a big first step. Yep. Big first step. How, uh, what, what Joe Glenn always used to say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. One bite at a time. With steak sauce. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Anything interesting happened in the league besides us? Yes. There's only three games. But, yeah. boy, we yes. were crushed by NAU. Like, what does this mean? Like, it means Luke was right when he said at the beginning of the year NAU was good. And Riley said NAU was dog shit. Whoa! <laughs> I think that was the podcast. I think that you better clip this part and tag Riley tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to tag Riley. 57. Okay. No, wait, I don't, I don't know if Riley said they were dog shit. I just didn't want to blame you guys. Uh, no, Riley's too polite, but I, I'm going to go on a limb and say he didn't say they were good. <laughs> I think it was that podcast, but I felt a little like exposed for saying NAU was good and everyone disagreed with me. So I shut up like I normally do. <laughs> but NAU turns out, I think they've got some dog in them. They found something. That freshman QB. What's his stat line? I didn't pull this up. He. Come on, he's been. There we go. 183 yards, 25 for 31 passing, touchdown. What, okay. what I think is important is that <laughs> the NAU defense and. Yeah. I implore anyone who's curious about NEU and has a, an abundance of free time to go back and watch <laughs> them play UM. And their interior line was fierce. Uh, they held Weber to three points in the last three quarters. 180 total yards for Weber. Wow. Yeah. Locked them out in the second half. Dang. Only a field goal in the second quarter. And it looks like... The drive chart for Weber. Oh, couldn't be pretty. It's, yeah, they scored on their second possession. was it. So within, I don't know, the first 10 minutes of the game, NAU figured them out and wow. locked them down. Dang, yeah. So I think NAU's legit. That's I not going to be a bad games. loss at the end of the season. Well, maybe I don't. No, I don't want to win the rest of the games. They need to lose one more, right? No, no, they, no yeah, they need to lose one more. <laughs> Yeah, who do they? I'm gonna look at their schedule. That's a good question. What the rest of their schedule is like? They play the cats? Probably not, right? Do we have NAU fans on Twitter? Is that uh, at thing? least one? No, two. Yeah, two. So they. So this is NAU's remainder schedule: Portland State, UC Davis, at Montana State. That's a guaranteed L. Oh man! Northern Colorado and Eastern Washington. It's a tough schedule. 
Portland at home, Davis at home, at Cats, UNC they'll get at Eastern. Yeah, they got a lot of tough games. They get through that gauntlet, man. Dudes, how how did they give up 50 to Utah Tech with this defense that they're running? Two, two defensive touchdowns for Utah Tech and just a sloppy, weird, dumb game. Boy, Dak Prescott is did he throw another just... Pick? Falling apart. On Wait, who's the backup? TV. It's Trey Lance. Put Trey Lance in. Put Trey, Trey Lance is the third string still. <laughs> the third string? Man, who wasted a top round draft pick on that kid? <laughs> Jesus, Brent. Wow, Brent. Wow. You got a lot of space to talk right now, Packers <laughs> Listen, fan. Listen, Packers fan. Enough out of you. Um, <laughs> who's better, Trey Lance or uh, Jordan Love? Jordan Love. We'll see. I mean, barely. James agrees. Hey, look, pass that candy. G Love and a special sauce? <laughs> Jeez Louise. J Love. Oh, Do they have J Love and the special sauce t shirts yet? They should. Well, I don't know. It's a little. He probably. Does Jordan Love know. Do they know who. G, does he know who G Love is in a special sauce? I probably doubt it. All right. This is, this is Northern Wisconsin. So we've, we're, we're in the Halloween season, and there's candy corn on the pod. Oh, we're eating candy corn right now. So we're eating candy corn. Don't mind the chewing. It's, it's in a glass jar. I know. No, people pointed out that you were eating pizza a couple weeks ago, bud. Life's not fair. Life is not fair. <laughs> I'm dad. Um, all right, so we talked about the league, right? Nothing else interesting. Well, we talked about what happened last week, yes. All right. And, and what other games this week? So we kind of clipped through them with James, right? Yep. We got a few that seem to be presumably foregone conclusions. Sac State goes to Northern Colorado. We all have Sac there. Good Cal Poly. Yeah, yeah. Cal Poly goes to Montana State. Yeah. Cats are going to win that one. Um, Davis goes to Weber. I think Davis is going to win that game. <sighs> Man. It's interesting because we need to know what kind of fight Weber has. It's great. They're both three and three. Grizz fans should want Davis to win that game because mm-hmm. we don't play Weber this year, and the better Davis does the rest of the way, again, go back to that strength schedule thing. Um, Eastern Washington goes to Idaho State. I think Idaho State's going to win that game. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the... Um, Jungle of ISU has already tagged us with a bunch of pictures of a grizzly bear hanging out with a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Are we best sh- friends now? <laughs> Eastern should win the game, but I think it's it could be a fascinating game. Um, I just got to pull this up. What is? I mean, that? who has the worst pass? Oh, Eastern, Eastern has Eastern does have the second best passing defense in the conference. Really? Statistically, by yards. Well, we'll see. Defensive efficiency, they're more middle of the pack. I mean, this their freshman quarterback is just going to get better with every game. The Grizz coaching staff was wildly impressed with how good he played. All, All right, so Mike has ISU. I'm going to pick Eastern. You're going to pick Eastern? I'm going to yeah. pick Eastern, I, too. I, I'm cheering for Idaho State, but, yeah. Uh, uh, Portland State plays NAU in Flagstaff. But so I NAU's two and four, Portland State's two and three. I'm Both gonna, team, if playoffs are their goal, the loser is probably dead. I'm gonna pick NAU here. Portland had a week off. Yeah, I'll pick NAU as well. 
I think any of you at home. Um, then Montana goes to Moscow, Iowa. Play the Vandals. The dog ass <sighs> Vandals. Dude. This one's going to be tough. Do you think they are underestimating us? I really hope so. I I don't know, but I hope so. <laughs> so I did um, a little bit of preliminary research on Idaho. There's not a lot of things that give me a whole bunch of hope here. <laughs> so it was kind of funny because last week when I was like, okay, Davis, and they got this great running back, and this guy does all the stuff, and we post the pod on Monday, and I get texts. They're like, dude, he hurt his knee. Like, he's not playing. I was like, holy crap. Like, I actually started to really think a one-dimensional Davis at least is easier to defend than, you know. Uh, sure. What a more dangerous Davis, uh, dual-attack Davis would be. So here's here's just some numbers and some info that I've I'd pulled up statistically and informationally on the Idaho Vandals. They've got the number three scoring offense in the conference. They're scoring thirty seven and a half points per game. They also have the number three scoring defense, allowing twenty one point eight per game. Interestingly, a better scoring defense in the conference, Montana Grizzlies. We are the number two scoring defense, allowing nineteen points per game. Uh, our offense, though, is kind of more middle of the pack, uh, sixth. Idaho has the number three rushing offense. It's kind of mm. fooled me because we've talked so much about Idaho's quarterback and two, and they actually have a third now, stud receivers. Uh, but they they average over 200 yards per game on the ground. Um, their passing offense is 240 yards per game. It's six in the conference. They have the number five rush defense, and they have the very best pass defense in the conference. Strongest one. They're allowing 167 yards passing per game. Oof. This is a concern I have when I think about this because we talked about this in this Davis game. The Grizz receivers definitely helped McDowell on a couple of plays where the UC Davis defense was caught a little bit by surprise. I kind of worry that Idaho is not going to be caught by surprise. No, I don't think Idaho is going to be caught by surprise. Uh, very best time of possession in the game. Uh, in the conference, they they hold the ball a lot, thirty four minutes a game. So, um, guys, we got to watch for on the Vandals. Anthony Woods, he's the running back. Um, he actually is the leader in rushing yards in the conference, six hundred and sixty two. He also leads the conference in ten rushing touchdowns. I think if right now you were to build a short list of conference MVPs, I mean Idaho probably has two of them. Uh, but Woods, the running back, is definitely one of those guys. Giovanni McCoy, that's a young QB we saw last year. Uh, interestingly, uh, you know, definitely he's a rusher. He's got 170 on the ground, a couple touchdowns, but he's also passing for about 220 per game. Um, he has the most amount of passing touchdowns of any uh, Big Sky Conference QBs as well. And we talked about this as well, too. They got two receivers that both had over 1,000 yards last year. Hayden Hatton, who's the preseason conference MVP. Um He's got 430 yards already this season. And then Jermaine Jackson, who's got 300 yards this season. And then, you know, just wonderfully, they dropped this new guy in, uh, Trez Trainer, 6'3", whereas number zero, and he's got 215 yards this season. So they got two big receivers, 6'2", 6'3", and then Jackson's a little shorter, but he's, I would think, with this Grizzly defense, Jackson's going to catch the slot a lot. And so you're going to have... 
you know, Ryder Meyer, Nash Fouch, Garrett Graves, um, Jackson Lee. Is gonna I hope they roll coverage a little bit and at least have Cotton trying to cover it. It'd be nice, yes. It'd be nice. So We did that a little bit against Eastern in the playoffs a couple of years ago. It worked. Yeah, we had Ford follow, what's that guy? Number one. What was that guy's name? Yep. Um, yeah, so uh, interestingly, this is Idaho's second home game this whole season. Right, right. They played yeah. Sac State at home. Everything else is on the road. Because their whole... Well, they played two FBS teams, right? They did, yeah. So, like, do you guys think Idaho's fan base has, like, sort of reignited from their Seems like it. diehard FBS days? Like, you know, like, they, they had a good fan, fan base, mm-hmm. and then it definitely petered off before they dropped back down to FCS. And then they had a kind of lukewarm start to their fcs right yeah part two but i was thinking about that too this is their second home game so like are their fans bought in and will the stadium be intense if the tweets are correct they've got a couple hundred tickets left so damn okay it's their homecoming as well so last week was davis's homecoming this week is idaho's homecoming so we're on the homecoming slate but it was it was fascinating because they played that sack game. There were thousands of empty seats. Yeah, it, it, really weird. I got a feeling that house is going to be packed for Montana. I also think there'll be a good contingent of Montana fans. I think so, too. Can you guys, I mean, if you want to, but ask at quarterback club. <laughs> yeah, so. Like, do the players know what the little Brownstein is? And do they care about it? Well, these guys probably know a little bit more because they've actually played for it a couple times. Yeah, but I mean, does it does that does it matter? I don't know. Like, can we get them? Can, is there an angle where it's like the, the Steens at stake? Oh God, that just sounds Isn't it weird. Stein, <sighs> perhaps. <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> yeah. Luke, have I been pronouncing it wrong Stein, my entire Stein. life? Now that you say it like that in isolation, I think you're right, Mike. <laughs> Steen, Brownstein, Brownstein. I see what Little you're Brownstein? doing. Brownstein. Brownstein. It's it's not an accountant, Brownstein. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I can't. So, what's more motivating, playing for that? You guys. Um, or reminding the Grizz that. They played their second shittiest game of the season last year against Idaho. I mean, that's probably the tack. Homecoming? That, that Wasn't that homecoming for us? And laid an absolute egg. Yeah, because um, Clifton won't remember. Everyone <laughs> 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 else might. I don't know. Shit like that. <laughs> so, surprise start. Chris Brown. Chris Brown. Dude, did you guys see he was in street clothes? We didn't even talk about that. Kiali Ayat. It's QB3. Yeah, right? He hopped both Hewitt and Brown. For something. Well, someone... I I noticed Chris Brown, because I'm more familiar with his face. Sure. And he was... I mean, he wasn't... Was wearing pads. Wearing pads. And then someone else texted me and was like, Hewitt's not, you know, in pads either. I wonder... 
I don't know. Uh, I mean, if a yacht has truly hopped, a guy that's been on the team three years and two years, that's wildly impressive. I wonder I hope, if I hope. they were like sick or hurt or something. And I'm not meaning to disparage. I mean, they both not. traveled, so. Yeah, well, at least Brown traveled because we saw him on the sideline. I, I saw I saw Hewitt on there too, so I don't know that that surprised me. I was kind of hoping you were going to continue with the alliteration there. If Ayat had hopped, I would have thought that. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the cipher. Yeah, fair. Um, I have to come up with some. So, an area of opportunity. Idaho makes some mistakes. There are negative two in turnovers. Up until this Cal Poly game, they hadn't had a turnover in conference play, forced turnover either in conference play. They got three against Cal Poly, but I think one of us probably could have gotten an interception or fumble recovery against Cal Poly. Um, They have fumbled the ball 14 times this year. They've only lost six, but... They put the ball on the ground a bunch, statistically. Now, maybe that's uh, – I, I haven't picked the games apart to see if, like, maybe did it happen in the two playoff games against Nevada and Cal. But um, – Probably wasn't Nevada. They dominate Nevada. They, yeah, kicked the shit out of them. So, um, the Grizzly defense has the most amount of forced turnovers in the game. And two weeks in a row, they forced a turnover to seal the deal. So – if there is a spot for opportunity, it's going to have to be this Grizzly defense hops on some, uh, you know, some some fumbles and grabs a couple picks, and the Grizzly offense limits their mistakes as much as possible. The other thing Idaho has not seen yet at all this whole season is a punt return. <laughs> what? No one has returned a punt against them. That's weird. They have zero punt returns against them. At least if I'm reading the stat book right, it says zero, no returns. Do you think that's no a strategic choice? I mean, it could be. <laughs> They're like, our punt return defense is so abysmal. Let's just kick the, the fucker p- out of bounds. tell or... the punter to kick it out of bounds, especially yeah. if you've got one of the best defenses, especially passing defenses in the conference. Just don't, uh, don't make a mistake there. So I haven't really... Uh, gotten that far into seeing like what the whole story is. I should have written it down, but I don't know what his punt average is. Um, and then another thing I think we're going to see a lot of, especially the if, depending on the crew that we get, both Idaho and Montana are in the bottom third of the conference for penalty yards. So now that doesn't surprise all me. All the flags, <laughs> yeah. you know, he plays with emotion. Indeed, indeed. So that's kind of some early stuff. I not, I mean, Idaho is number three in the country. They are number three for a reason. They beat Nevada, who is a god awful FBS team, but they beat them. They played a, they played a damn good game, a tough game against Sacramento. They went to Eastern Washington, and I don't, I don't know what to think about Eastern, but just like we went into Davis and beat them, they went into Eastern and beat them. They run, and that's the thing about Idaho, too. They've got an offense that is very fun to watch. It is full of playmakers. They have a very good quarterback. Who's their offensive coordinator? I don't know. Do you think Eck calls the plays? He is an offensive coach, but I don't know who their OC is. I don't know. If, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so I have a feeling, 
and it happened to us again. I mean, Davis got us a few times as well too. Um, Cause you, I, I, it's like when you pull up Idaho, you see him doing all sorts of double reverse pitch back deep pass, you know, all these double moves, play fakes, trick plays, things like this. And I would just assume that Idaho's going to go watch film on Montana and see that we have safeties and corners that play too aggressive at times because it's what happens with a high turnover attempted high pressure defense is you have to be an aggressive cover per, cover corner or, or safety. And the, I'll bet Idaho's going to hope they have a lot to get over the top of us. They're going to look at those three Davis drives and say, this is how we do it. Yep. Um, Eck is a better coach than Hawkins, and they have way better skill. And unlike Davis, I assume they're going to be able to run the ball a little better. So the Grizz aren't going to be able to just go four on the line and throw everybody else in, a, in some sort of zone coverage. We're going to have to stay up at that front, which is going to test our safeties and our corners more than we've had to, been able to test before. So... Um, this is gonna be. This is gonna be a damn challenge. I don't know how we do it right now. No. The O coordinator is Luke Schlusner. Schlusner. He's got to be from the Midwest. I bet you he likes Lufisk from Lutefisk. our conversation. He loves Lutefisk. Yeah. <laughs> and if you see his haircut, it says, I love Lutefisk. I'll tell you that much. Let's we'll see. Let's we'll see. <laughs> Do you want to look at this? I bet he knows how to recruit offensive linemen, though. This bro's haircut, he has <laughs> oh, never paid more than $8 for. Oh, my word. This is like Beats looking Battle at a Star young Black Mark Davis or something like that. <laughs> so he was a coordinator. Dwight Schrute. He, he worked at South Dakota State with Eck, and he did wide receivers and was the passing game coordinator there. There we go. Um, so very talented coordinators are available <sighs> sometimes. Um, Just in case someone's compiling a list or something. Weird. Yeah. yeah. In case... I mean, who can, like, coach dynamic offenses? That's wonderful. Um, but <laughs> he looks better in a hat, I bet. That's all I know. <laughs> <God. sighs> <sighs> yeah, I don't, I don't see a way through this, but the, the fact of the matter is we don't need to win this game to make the playoffs. No, we don't. But it certainly would make life easier. Oh my god! Yeah, how fun would it be to be win back this? back road games? How fun would it be to win this game and then all these stupid ass Twitter FCS voters that are putting a two win Eastern Washington or a three win Weber and saying the Grizz don't even deserve a top twenty five yet? Who I guarantee you on Monday are going to say they voted NAU in front of us. Um, It'd just be nice to shut them up for at least a week. It, well, two weeks because we got no we have a bye. No, we got Northern Colorado, then a bye. But oh, is that the sketch? Is it? Northern? I can't remember now. I thought it was bye then Northern Colorado. You could be right. Could be you could be right. But it'd just be nice to shut. Oh, it'd be so fun. So fun. I might yeah revisit the Twitter sphere actively if we win this game. <sighs> well, you guys can dream, but I I don't think we're gonna win this game. Yeah. So. I mean, I really like the progress we made. I bet we're competitive. In my head, I feel like I can make a case for them going and, and doing it, but I just don't see it happening. 
All right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with Mike. I, I think Idaho's got this lockdown. They have a... The evidence is pointing to Idaho. It is. It is. However... I, however... This is my fucking seat right here. This is where the <laughs> goddamn winners sit and pick these games, right? Ow. That's true, Brent. That's We're going to win this game. Out. We're going to win the princess. We're going to win this game. We're going to win this game. Okay. Uh, it's going to be ugly. It, Mike's like, oh my god, this guy. I mean, I'll So love how many turnovers are we going to need? Four. We're going to need to take four possessions yeah. and give up We're gonna no. We're going to be plus three to plus two. Okay. Four turnovers, defensive score, special team score. Brent Pease calls the offense the whole way. Grizz are gonna win it, dude. I I picked this preseason. I, I f- we're gonna do this. I feel like we're mad. Our, we feel better. We're more confident. The O line played a better game than we have seen. Yeah, I I felt that they were the more physical, aggressive team what last you week. Them to be. Yeah, and that should that should be the standard. If they bring that uh, aggression, yeah. Uh, if if they're the bullies on the field. I think the Grizz played very well when last week when nobody believed in them, and I think, and rightfully so, this this game is way more of a mismatch. I think they're going to rise the occasion. And if I could, if I had to talk myself into this, I would also say, you know, it takes a long time for even like NFL quarterbacks and receivers to find their rhythm, right? Sure. Every week, McDowell getting more reps with this crew and this offense, right, is going to be more comfortable. Yeah. And we've seen White a few weeks in a row now. Fonts. Three weeks in a row. Yeah. Established good games. Fonts has been waking up. Had a terrific game. He's working in Schaefer, like you were mentioning. Say, that's only going to open up more opportunities for Bergen, too, because they can't just focus on him. So, yeah. so if, yeah, I mean, maybe this is the flowering of uh, the Grizz offense. Um, we saw it at Davis, and then if we win in Idaho, people are really going to have to reevaluate. There. And then they'll look back at NAU and say, like, well, maybe that wasn't such a bad loss. <laughs> that's Yeah, keep winning at NAU, please. And Ooh, dude! Oh, <laughs> see? Oh no! Uh, yeah, um, I don't, man. And could the first six games of this season save a little bit of stuff? Just be a complete hauk, like keep it in the bottle, and then drop all sorts of new, cool, fascinating shit against Idaho. I don't know. But if you're gonna roll it out, now's the time. I wouldn't put someone past them, so. I'm picking the Grizz. On the road. All right. They've I done love, it once. The record. They know they can do it. The record, the, the Google Doc shows. I, I got the combo down, too. So the Sammy Akem jersey with the black up top hat. Undefeated. <sighs> Hell yeah. We See, need, this is the this yeah. We need we need Sammy to sign this jersey for you. I don't know. If he signs it, they lose. Like I gotta burn the thing, so. Oh no, no. <laughs> That's pretty serious. <laughs> I'm about thirty dollars. Sports superstition. Yeah, I gotta order another one. It shows up next year. Come on, man. Uh, all right. What do we think? Questions? I think so. I mean I don't I have a feeling most of these questions we haven't answered we've already answered, but I, I am right. going to clip through them. Nick Tabor asks us, Nick, to discuss the specific adjustments the coaching staff made on both sides of the ball 
that were so effective. The excellent execution of said specific adjustments by the mm. players and specifically the tremendous special teams all game. I mean, they had a field goal blocked and two extra points tipped. So I don't think we can call it tremendous special teams. Punt return, tremendous. Yes. Let's put that out there. Yeah. Um, it definitely felt like this game, They there was more... Um, adjustments and lack of vanilla than any game this season. Big time. Um, one of the biggest adjustments to me was it seemed like for the first half, the play calling was diverse the whole time. was. Um, we talked specifics about the defense um, and what they seemed we to did. do in the second half mm-hmm. and um, kind of reading how they were doing, stopping the run and stuff like that. Um, and they're definitely spreading the ball around a little bit more. But I think, I don't even know it's an adjustment. It's just picking a QB and letting them play, I think, has been the biggest plus. Big help. Big time, big time. I think the O-line rotation's kind of helped, too. I think some of these O-line guys have recognized that maybe that job's not safe. Well, good. And you got to keep going. you got to keep playing. you got to keep fighting. Uh, so I feel like we got a handful. Uh, Claudia Howard sent this to us kind of independently without a statement, but uh, it's something that has not yet been discussed. But um, she's pointing out that she thought Marty Morningweg and uh, Harry Carey carried a lot of similar... <laughs> Traits, and then uh, her she shares a video of Will Ferrell's impersonation of Harry Carey. So, do you guys ever listen to Marty on Coulter's show? I think it's great, yeah, super insightful. I, I listened to him this last week. Um, I really like Marty as you know, color guy, but he does sound like a WWF announcer. Oh, yeah, like. Like and, and I don't mean but. I should say and. And he sounds. I love him. And he sounds like a WWF announcer. I don't want him to change his style. It's so engaging. Like, I want him to read a menu to me. Like, <laughs> like we got the roast beef sandwich over here. At thirteen ninety nine, you can't beat it with your choice of fries and salad. Oh, he'd screw it up too. He'd be like, "That's why they call it the TBL. It's the roast beef sandwich." Yeah, You're right. like, what? <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> he he makes everything more exciting. He brings like an intensity to it, and then. <laughs> If you think he sounds like a joker, and sometimes he does, you're like, who's this weirdo? And you look at his resume, you're like, holy shit, wait a minute. Whoops. He's got some credentials here. Boy knows what he's talking about. Sometimes I think he talks, he does color commentary like he is talking to a whole bunch of people who have the same level of experience that he does. Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, that's, that's, yes. and I think that some of it just goes over people's heads. So, right, so cats were off this week, and, and as was Eastern and other active uh, social media fans from around the conference. So definitely a lot of uh, interactions on, like... They were watching this game. Who is this guy? What the hell? I don't know. He's fun. I like him. Um, okay. Uh, Thark, Ford 61 Tom, has been waiting for a long touchdown run like Gilman had. Is right on cue. The defense has yet to get a score in the end zone this season. How uncharacteristic is that? Are we just spoiled from the last few seasons? Hm, I hadn't thought about that. Defense hasn't had a score yet. Well, Idaho, it's time to start it. Here we go. Corey Bleak, two questions. Where was this play calling the rest of the season? Outside of our last couple of offensive possessions, I felt play calling was best spin. I think we agree. Mm-hmm. We covered that. I, it was better in the first half than the second yeah. half. But. Why are the receivers all of a sudden getting separation when they seem to be struggling earlier in the season? 
I think actually we've said this before, but it's funny because when I was going back, Mike, and listening to try to remind myself of James's pick, mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, and there was a comment you'd say where it's like it felt like the offense, whatever they were trying to do with Sam Vidlak, was these slow, long yeah. developing plays, and then all of a sudden against Davis, it's like. Three step hit. No, Zidlak would Go. be better Go. in Go. this offense as Absolutely. well. That's what just drives me nuts about everything. No. Yeah. About if if somehow McDowell gets hurt, they need to keep running this offense. God, these and, receivers. And you have. you know you have him throw the ball more out of those same plays and those same sets. But yes. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Johnny Metropolis. Are there any more wheels? Uh, any kind of wheel, Lego, rollerblade, etc. Or more doors, including but not limited to car doors, doors on the train, etc., but not cupboards in the world. I have been thinking about this since um, Are there more? I read it. Oh, so I feel like, like somebody asked like us a, this like, question. Like a wheel or a door that doesn't exist yet? Is that what he's kind of saying? No, I think he's actually saying, do you think there are more wheels or doors in... Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, more wheels or more doors. There has to be more doors. I would say there has to be more doors, because let's like say the average American family has... Two cars, right? Eight wheels. So it's eight wheels. Those cars probably have eight doors. Yeah. If the trunk counts or the flat or the the tailgate counts, that would be another door. But then you go inside, and even if it's a studio apartment, there's probably at least three doors because you'd have the door inside, the bathroom door, closet door, right? Think about these houses. It's got to be doors. It's got to be doors. But then someone else is going to correct me with all like the trains, the work equipment. There's doors on trains. There is, and there are office buildings all over the place that have doors and doors and doors. Way more doors. There's probably like just three times more doors. I think of like how many 18 wheelers there are. They have doors on them too. But like, yeah, four doors. That's a six to one ratio. Like, like two passenger doors and the back and the back bay door. So three to 18, six to one ratio in every big rig. Is a bay door two doors though? Because it's like. But then what about ships and boats? Zero wheels all have some sort of a door. I don't know. Doors. I don't it's know. Doors. Let's see what people think. Johnny Claxton says, in what fashion are we going to heartbreakingly lose our third straight ESPN2 road game? Just kidding. Third time is the charm. Yes, sir. Tyler Few, even if the Grizz lose to Idaho, what outcome would give us confidence that this team could make a run this season? I mean, if it's a competitive game coming off winning this one on the road, you'd feel good about it. Right. I mean, if, if they lose to Idaho, sure, they could still make the playoffs, but it is a tough road. Yeah, you, you can only lose one more after an Idaho loss. To be, like, definitely in it. Um, yeah. I guess the, the nice rebound is it would be Northern Colorado and then a week off or a week off and then Northern Colorado. So you got some time a week to recoup. Northern Colorado because yeah. we're not back and until 28th. the amount of parity that we're suddenly seeing that um, depending on the way the conference shakes out, I mean, shit, an 8-3 Grizz team might be third place in the conference and everyone else is going to have six or seven wins. So um, conference is beating the crap out of itself right now. Well, yeah, and, like, with MSU, Idaho, and SAC all being, like, top five teams, yeah. right? Like, if we beat SAC and Idaho... SAC's top 15 right now, or top 10. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, they got punished. The voters punished them for barely beating an AO. Anyway, I'm just thinking that, like... 
the the conference is getting its due respect in the national polls. So yeah. if we float to third in the conference, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know that we get a buy, but no, 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 no. But we're in eight and three Grizz are in. Yeah, because an eight and three Grizz team, no matter how you shake it moving forward, will have wins against more top twenty five teams because we have three more to go. And we can only right currently, yeah. and I mean, who knows where NAU will finish up with their ranking? But uh, yeah, even if you say, "Oh well, what if the Grizz lose to Portland State and Northern Colorado?" Well, then we beat Idaho, Sacramento State, and Montana State. We're absolutely in the playoffs, right? That's like two top ten wins. So true. Eight and three Grizz are in. Uh, seven and four Grizz. Not not because not it's six and four. Not in. Yeah, right. Yeah, because like Ferris State. Uh, okay, uh, David Coy, are expectations at UM forcing the staff to pick the quarterback with the highest floor who might not be the guy with the highest ceiling? Teams with the nothing teams with nothing to lose can play a freshman NAU. Maybe. And hope to strike gold. I mean that's there there's some validity in that. Like we've got to compete now, but at the same time, those if we had that QB as a freshman, even if they weren't playing, they would get better and play at some point in their career, and it just hasn't happened. Right. Uh, Ken Suckett says, uh, did the Grizz last full possession? Run, 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 punt, piss anyone else off. Bobby yes. stated last week, we aren't the team that can pull away from people. Seems ultra conservative uh, in that type of situation. Agreed. Uh, yep, 100%. Had a handful of replies to it. The, Generally agreed, although some were saying, well, if you throw the ball, it stops the clock. Uh, you could call better plays and not throw the ball there, yeah. like we said, roll out. Uh, Colleen Cloud points out that she's very wow. impressed with the offensive line this weekend. Played better, still getting no love, and appreciates them for working hard. Uh, we saw McGinnis back out there, still rotating, but I was playing well. Uh, good old Grizzly. I actually like this from the Grizz Fan Pod account because it's, it's an observation I agree with. Is the lack of pressure, pass rush, making our safeties and corners look worse than they really are? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's usually how it works because yeah. if you're not getting any pressure, there's more chances for guys to get exposed. Yeah. James hitting the shower. I hope so. <laughs> Wait, did he shower between the, the, in the last week? Last two pods. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Corey asks us if Colt Anderson is our obvious choice for next head coach obvious choice no yeah interesting choice worth having a conversation if he'd be interested but I think that a young guy who's on an NFL staff I don't know why he would ever do that yeah I don't know either Uh, okay the second was asking for some recommendations as a fan traveling to Moscow Maybe we'll retweet that. Let's do that. Bang. We'll have the Idaho fan, have fans help him out. Uh, Sardoherty asked about analytics in college football. I think we kind of touched on that. Silvertip Nation says, do I take one for the team and maintain the pessimism for all games moving yes. forward? <laughs> so, Silvertip, you got to stay negative, buddy. <laughs> uh, James, not the fifth grader, 
uh, says, no questions, but you have to appreciate the enthusiasm of the Sacramento-based sports reporter covering this game and shared a video. Did you guys watch this guy? No. No. I watched this. I'm going to retweet this from the pod account. Uh, a dude from SAC, the sports reporter for one of their local TV shows, went there, and he was very excited to report on this game. And he very, in my opinion, he very clearly had a deadline that required him to leave at halftime. Because <laughs> uh, it's like, and here goes this and that. And look at this play fake. And Davis is in the end zone again. And by the way, Davis lost by eight at the end of the night. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, man. Dude was super excited. He was living it up. It was, uh, but uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. He was quite energetic for reporting on the local team that did not win the game. Uh, okay, Lane Norberg, does it seem like the Grizz fans are hell-bent hell on finding fault in this team regardless of outcome? I understand having high expectations, but yesterday was a fun game and a quality win. Winning is hard. Enjoy it when it happens. All of the above. Yeah, yeah. Um, V-Dog points out about a yacht suiting up. Not sure what it means, but thought it was kind of cool. I had a comment, I think, Right, I, I texted it to a few guys. Mike, I texted it to you. Granted, we don't have to go down this road now, but I said if Montana loses to Davis, and especially to Idaho, and if they really think Ayat's QB3 right Damn. now, start him. Start him. Show, show us what he's got. If you really think he's this freshman phenom, put him out there. Gareth Skelton is wondering our thoughts on the 3-3-5 cover zone. Does our run defense with a bend but don't break mentality? Plus, good tackling set this up for... Set up for proficient passing teams. I mean, Davis did have 360 passing on us, but I think everyone's going to have big passing yards. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. there are holes in our scheme. Yeah, they watch film and they know where where to go if they need a pass. Yeah. Amanda Wheeler wonders if they are being too critical uh, when Clifton McDowell enacts drop back QB mode. He's moving around in the pocket with his eyes downfield. He doesn't seem to be willing to. Go pick up yards with his feet. No, he seemed set for a lot on staying in, and I went to, yeah. to his credit. He went through some of his progressions more than I've seen him. Like that is a positive step forward. It was, yeah. Tom Kluglin's running. If you got one pass to win the game, who are you throwing to? Fonts, Bergen, or what? Bergen. White. Fonts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably throw it junior. Right? I feel like White's been the most productive receiver. You could be right. Sure about that. Is it, are you using your gut, Mike? Yeah, I am. Okay, this question's coming from a Twitter account that just wants to say his handle. And being that we're playing Idaho, we'll grant it. God oh no! I know this. I know this. <laughs> R O T Rack of Tits sixty nine wants to say. First of all, what's up, R O T? Do you think your head coach is overlooking Idaho this year? And secondly, what is your favorite year. light nineties early two thousands butt rock band? Uh, There's no way Bobby is overlooking Idaho. Not this year. <laughs> it was last year. Maybe. Maybe. Well, one, we love you, <laughs> ROT. <laughs> um, I think my favorite butt rock band from that era is Buck Cherry, actually. Oh. Give me some lit up, Damn. some crazy bitch. 
You researched this, didn't you? I didn't. I didn't. I did. I have no answer. To that I don't question. look ahead, but that I mean, Buck Cherry is not the high watermark for rock art. Oh yeah, but it they just bang. Yeah, I mean, think of Eagle Eye Cherry. That's different. They just did some like they're more like oh, pop rock. What was they? Eagle Eye Cherry? Was that the Save Tonight song? Save Tonight called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And fight the break of dawn. I'm not really a big uh, rock music fan, so um, can't really help. I actually really like um, the. Devil Without a Cause album for, from Kid Rock at that time. Now, I think Kid Rock is a complicated musician. and Indeed. You know, like, uh, outside of some of his music, I think he's a little crazy. But Ba With The Ba, you know, is like... Shit, they still play that at Grizzly. No, they did. They stopped, didn't they? Yeah. But it's on well, my, it's on my like, uh, my workout playlist yeah. is some, some Kid Rock from that album. I wouldn't know if they play Kid Rock at the beginning of the Girls games because Kent Haslam can't figure out the ticket line. So oh, I'm just no. teasing it. Oh, it's a joke. Hey, he talked that. It's a joke. Jeez. <laughs> Kent and I had a wonderful conversation about other things. Um, uh, Silvertip Nation. Wow, we got a lot of questions on Twitter. Uh, first five games of the season has Silvertip going from extremely optimistic to marginally optimistic until full-blown pessimism. Uh, but then thought the Grizz were going to lose this game by 12. Oh, that being said, his question is the one we probably already asked. Go Grizz. Excuse me. Go Grizz or Go Home is wondering if the NAU game is different if we play Clifton the whole way. It's a great question. I mean, yeah. who knows? But if we played Clifton and weren't calling this offense yet, no. Yeah. That offense because we're calling outside of you. Is, you know. right, Patrick Mahomes probably has a hard time about that. <laughs> um, Megaphobe is wondering if Kale Edwards should be 30 pounds heavier. How heavy is he? I don't know. The don't know. dude is a big guy. What is he, like 240, 250? I can pull the roster. At least it's right on top because he wears number zero, but it's not going. Football. Roster. Number zero is... He's a big dude. He is listed at 6'5", 235. Yes. 6'5", 265. It could still play. Like, same type of ability. He's not playing for the Grizz. But it's it's really hard to put on... I mean, let's say even 20 pounds of muscle, 10 pounds of fat, like a two-for-one yeah. ratio. Yeah. That's not easy. Right. Keep that same. And keep the same athleticism. And, it's tough. Um, but if, yeah, I mean, would love it. James Owens is wondering what Bobby Hawk's going to do with all his extra timeouts. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're on his mantle in his I was going to say, I mean, at this point, there's a lot of them. And, uh, <laughs> they're going to serve him a QB club for Christmas who, dinner. Who asked that? Who asked James that? Owens. <laughs> James, that made me giggle. Yeah, that, was that, is, that is a quality question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it works with some of the stuff we talked about earlier, too. Eric Witz says, Saturday was National Forgiveness Day. So what is something you want to forgive the team for being harsh about in the preseason? Um... At this point of the year, I mean, I said the Grizz were going to go ten and one and only lose to the Cats, so I don't know if I need a lot of forgiveness at this point yet. Um, 
nothing I said critiquing the team has been proven wrong, so I will not be asking for forgiveness at this point. Oh, man. <laughs> if, if there's anything, I should seek forgiveness from the people I misled on thinking that we were stronger than we were. <laughs> I'm also in seeking forgiveness mode constantly. <laughs> if you guys ever get to know me, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wish it was funny. Oh, my God. Uh, Jeff Litvin is uh, observing that the Grizz are seemingly close to breaking things out open on offense and defense, but it appears we are half a step slow on both run blocking to get our running backs to the second level. We've talked about that before. And pass rushing to get the QB. Yeah. Do you think this is a play call, play call, or scheme issue, or something else? Uh, I mean, if like let's accept the premise, it's probably something else. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, like, I'm looking at a question ahead. Sorry. If you know, if you just, I just think you know. Sometimes when I see that, I'm like, man, we're not getting a very good push. I'm like, what's up, boys? You know, but it's hard to, you know. F- I mean, I guess it's way too easy, is what I should say. I was gonna say it's it's hard, but it's too easy to criticize players, and I won't yeah. <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I suppose yeah, for sure. But like, yeah, I mean, I think individual push is individual player issue. Yeah. And I think a big thing, too, like, I don't know, on the defensive side, especially with pass rush, we talked about this before, but, like, we've lost some incredibly skilled guys. Could could some of these guys like Riley Wilson in the years ahead develop into that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see. Yep. Uh, Terrence said, kind of said the same thing. Do we see the Sunday you lost any different now? I mean, changing pictures? Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Uh, shoots Vise says... What was the bigger miss? Nebraska not hiring Coach Prime or the International Olympic Committee not having the 2024 Summer Olympics in Shelby, Montana? It was a bigger miss uh, for Nebraska not to hire. They have more to lose. 100%. But I mean, can you imagine? (laughs) Where's Shelby going to put all those people? Can you imagine Prime at Nebraska? Like, he, at Colorado, it's one thing. But like, this is going to sound bad for the six Colorado fans we might know, but there's not really a ton of tradition at Colorado. I know they won a national championship way back, blah, blah, blah. I get you. Nebraska, like, it would have been fascinating to see. And I think that's why they didn't hire him, because he's too far out of their yeah. um, comfort zone. And I think they made a mistake. They made a huge mistake. Like every one, every AD and president who considered it, that didn't pull the trigger, they made a mistake. Right now, they're like, "Geez, yeah. it doesn't even matter if we're mediocre." He like Prime's brought so much attention to that program. They're gonna get better. That attention they got going, like they're just gonna bring in more guys, especially transfer portal. I really I like what Dion said a few weeks ago. Uh, about a fan base kind of gloating over their win, and he goes, "You better catch us now. This is the worst we're gonna be." Yep. <laughs> like, <I love> it. <laughs> he's so right. He's not lying at all. He's not exaggerating one bit. I guess you could say, when and if the time comes for Montana, hopefully we don't make the Nebraska fault. 
I don't know what that would be. But I, I was going to say, I don't know there's what F, the comparison a, is. A D2 Prime that's out there, but yeah. Can we just for a second entertain Shelby? You know, okay, the how, how many? How many no. <laughs> would, the Olympic Village oh, would be man. like bigger than Shelby. Would they have to empty the jail? Would that jail become the village? The... How many people is jailhouse? I don't know. I feel like a thousand people. Oh damn! So it could. I don't even. But how big? I, the, I mean, I, I feel have like no idea. Shelby once hosted a heavyweight boxing fight. Yeah, I heard something about that. And they built like a forty thousand seat set the back set the town back a generation stadium. Um, an Olympic Village needs a capacity for ten thousand people. Yeah, what's the population of Shelby right now? It's probably like twenty five hundred people. Okay. It's somewhere in that range. Thirty-one fifty. Thirty-one fifty, but is that in the entire county? Because that includes the north central or or north Tool no. County people. Um, not the Shelby. Shelby proper. Yeah, I'm just Google always pops up funny things on top. Is Shelby, Montana, a good place to live? Yes. Living here is not too expensive, and it's easy to make friends with your neighbors. <laughs> Lots of great shopping and mom-and-pop businesses. Oh so there's a podcast I listen to sometimes <laughs> called Small Town Murder. How dare you bring this up so close it's, to my hometown? It's just two comedians who basically they go find cases in small towns and make fun of everything except the victim. Um but they'll read Google reviews of the cities, and it's just great. <laughs> oh my gosh, love it. Okay, well maybe maybe it's not feasible to have the Olympics in Shelby, <laughs> but we are the crossroads of the West. Watch out, Denver! That's right. <laughs> Coming for them, Shelby country. Let's ride. Um, last Twitter question is from Bobby's Burner. And says, who plays Bobby Houck in the made-for-TV movie RTD, the Bobby Houck story? Oh. And who plays his nemesis, the members of the Grizz Fan Podcast? Whoa. Boy, Bobby's got a lot bigger nemesis than the Grizz Fan Podcast. I mean, you read any of these Facebook groups this week? I was like, if I mean, I would think Bobby's nemesis is nemeses. I don't know. Um, In his eyes, are probably, you know, meeting him at the Monday morning press conference, right? Can I play Sean Rainey? <laughs> Are you going to make his noon ball um, game better or worse? Better. I pass so Whoa. much more. No. Oh, Sean, you <laughs> called out. Ooh. Whoa. Okay, so let's G- think about... Three on three, GFP against the ABC Fox team. Oh, my God, we'd die. Who's on the ABC Fox team besides... Sean, Ben, and... Oh, their other guys just left. Ben's tall. Ish. Yeah. Because you are really overstating Sean, I mean, what what contribution I can <laughs> have to this team. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Look at three on three basketball, I don't think you could foul out, Mike, so you could definitely have a specific role. All right. Making sure Sean does not s- get in that lane. I'm just easy. Sit under the basket. <laughs> let's let's think about the who plays who plays Bobby Houck, though? Like, what actor plays... But I feel like we need a Bobby Houck when he's, like, in his first run, and then, like, 
Well, if the story's called RTD, it'll be a second run, though, right? Uh, okay. Mm. What a boring story. <laughs> I mean, why are we yeah. making a movie out of this? Listen, yeah. the cats made a whole documentary. Stop it at the win over Washington. <laughs> And they beat Washington. Hooray! Everyone's like, wow. And everyone's like, oh, they were on the climb. I Googled it. What happened? Okay. Uh, Igris is wondering if any of us are going to... Jared Keane is wondering if any of us are going to Moscow. I am not. I am not. Um, Elrod Grizzly is wondering how confident we are in Grizz making the playoffs. I'm not. I mean, I'm let's, I'm higher than um, Dumb and Dumber, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I think I feel I, a lot better now than I did this time last week. But I still, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the side of still pessimism, even though I pick us to be that out. No, I, I think, I think we could win. I think we could go to the playoffs. I think it's more likely than not we go to the playoffs. I would be feeling really good if we beat out of you. Yeah. But that's where it goes. Um Paru was just wondering, um how much do you carry Chris losses? Do they affect you past the day of the game? Is it silly to get wrapped up in sports as much as we do? Well we're talking about the NAU loss three weeks later, so Um, you know, when James was really bummed out about the playoff loss last year for the Niners, I told him that you only get the high of the highs if you experience the lows. And if you don't experience the lows, then the highs aren't going to be as fun. Now, they're going to be enjoyable for sure, but yeah. it's not going to be the same. So you just take fandom with, with that. Thanks, Dad. It reminds me of a great philosopher who said, you can't have the, the rainbow without the rain. Guess who that was, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, <laughs> the great one. And people think Miss she's just a big herself. Yeah. Oh my god, that's terrible! <laughs> no, Dolly that's, Parton is a tremendous asset to society. I you, can't believe you our just kids read books thanks to that woman, Michael. You, you, you didn't hear what I, you didn't hear what I said. I said I just heard what you said. I said and some people just <laughs> think. Don't say it again. <laughs> Not me. Some people. Some people. This is a family podcast. People are the, talking about. That's actually the very last <laughs> line of that whole scenario <laughs> is the very last scene in the British version of The Office is the Ricky Gervais, this, you know, Michael yeah. Scott character or whatever. He says that. He goes to the camera just like, you can't have the rainbow without the rain. Which philosopher said that? <laughs> Dolly Parton. And then he says the line, and then it just cuts. And oh that's the God. last that's thing. It. That oh fits God. that show, that especially the British version. Oh the Tool County Library is participating in the Dolly Parton book club thing. Well, now everybody is yeah. in the state. Our schools are. Um, yeah. Missoula County has been leading the way for a while, but you know now it's launched everywhere else. It's the best library in the country. Or something. Well, it was the Missoula County United Way was doing the oh, okay. Imagination Library. Gotcha. You were a part of that, Mike, weren't you? 100%. Weird. 
I think you have experience in all this shit. (laughs) Uh, Okay, my empty grill had kind of like a couple questions here. I'm going to kind of just blend together because I think we've kind of touched on it. But just um, seeing how Vidlac would do in a quick pass play game, uh, quick pass play design. I think we kind of touched on that. We thought it'd probably be better. How does the staff balance building long term with Vidlac versus what's best right now? I don't think that you should assume that they're building long term with Vidlac. Especially no. if a yacht's taken third string spots. It'll That's be, fair. And I'm not saying they're writing off of it like either, but it, there will be a, another wide open QB competition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. UT Grizz fan seems to think we should make it a tradition um, to decide uh, a punishment for either off, uh, who makes the dumber decision if the offensive coordinator decides to lose the game with bad play calling or the defense coordinator thinks to prevent defense is a good idea. <laughs> so uh, kind of just saying it seems like we definitely tried to give that game away late. Um, I don't know if it was the OC or, or DC, I'll say, but yeah. Uh, Indian Coyote says, what is your guess for actual attendance versus the announced attendance at the Northern Arizona game? I'm sure he means Northern Colorado. I mean, there's going to be 24,000 plus people there and the attendance will be 26. People are overstating it. Like it's clear. It's clear that it's clear that they're, they're talking sold tickets and it's not as full, but I mean, it was pretty full. Like, yeah. Uh, also wonders why Bobby, in, in his or this person's eyes struggles with play clock management that goes back to the timeouts question probably and I said it earlier it just, it just hasn't been one of his strengths 10 for, seconds yeah and then just wondering about three play calls worse than the three the Grizz ran when trying to run the clock out I don't know I yeah the thing was is it did run the clock and it did force Davis to use timeouts yes it's ugly no it didn't win it didn't put the ball game on the offense's back to win the ball they could have passed the ball three times and gone three and out and milk 15 seconds off the clock and give Davis three timeouts so then even if we force that fumble we got to get another damn first down because Davis has three timeouts and can stop the clock it always could have been worse um, Badlands Grizz fan, is this the worst offensive line we can remember? I think that is being incredibly harsh. I think maybe it's been underwhelming, been but I think we've had tremendously worse. At the um, end of the Stid era, it was it got pretty bad. Delaney had some rough ones too. Um, but I mean, we've had some times with injuries, with issues, yeah. And then just pointing out uh, how obvious the blitzing linebacker is on defense. I think we kind of touched on that. Is it really, truly a blitzing linebacker? Is we're just adding the edge, the fourth? Um, but yeah, no pressure. And that's I think someone on Twitter even pointed this out, or maybe in another thread. It seems like the three plus one defense uh, defensive line just runs into guys. Like it just, I don't know. Yeah. Alabama Grizzly says, Grizz soccer, discuss. If you don't know enough about it to discuss, you need to start paying more attention. This team is real good. Um, if uh, Grizz soccer goes 3-2 and two in the rest of the season, they get in the playoffs. 2-3, and three, they do not, unless two of those is versus the Cats or the Vandals. We're talking about soccer? The cat? Yeah. You must be talking about Wildcat. Well, he says Cats are spuds, so Vandals or... Or Wildcats. MS, MSU. No, the, the MSU says, doesn't have a soccer team. We says scats. MSU doesn't have a 
women's soccer team. Yeah. Okay. We know more about soccer than you think. Because they do rodeo there. Is that why? They won today. There we go. The wait, the rodeo? No, I'm talking about the 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 Grizz soccer. The Grizz soccer team. Oh, I'm a huge fan of Grizz soccer. Yeah, I can I can name like eight players. That that tweeter owes us an apology. Me and you, not Brand. Yeah, Brand doesn't know anyone. Shit. Yeah, I actually know some NAU players too. They they were former former Grizz. So (laughs) Grizz soccer beat Idaho State today one zero. Uh, they play at NAU. They play at Northern Colorado now. They host Sac State. They host Portland State. And then the tournament starts. So. Oh, man. Egris and their pop-up ads. It's fascinating how Twitter is like surprisingly more positive where Egris is just like... A burning pile of tires. You're an egress junkie. I mean, Brent, the rest of us have known this for years. <laughs> oh, man, like decade plus okay. years. That's true. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. Um. Oh man. Chris Fan 07, can we be in Idaho? Was the NAU loss a fluke? I think we kind of touched on those. I mean, could win any time. Uh, Everett Grizz is wondering if the win was more dominant than stats indicated. Could have been, but I think we inflicted more of the, the, the tight score on yeah, ourselves. I think that's the right answer. It could have been. Yeah. Maybe it should have been. Uh, and Everett Grizz, not asking James, but asking us what the best downtown bar is for a couple beers right after the game. I hang out the tailgates after the games and let people get out of the parking Same. lot. And they're great. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, okay, CDA Grizz has a question. It says, hey, Mike, do you think the Idaho Vandals meet up with the actual Vandals when they're in the same town? Maybe meet up and have a rack of ribs together or something? Also, Mike, I was down at Karis Park recently, and the sign said not to drink the sprinkler water. Well... I made sun tea with it and got a skin infection. Whole big thing. What can you do to ensure what? this doesn't happen to others? <laughs> Just trying to get ready. Thanks, Chris Van Pot. This is the best. This reminds me of my favorite building downtown. So the Stockman Bank building has this big room on the sixth floor that yeah. they host events sometimes. And if you go to the bathrooms, there are little placards over every toilet that says, please do not drink the water. Oh my God. It's like, well, you think? But it's because the, the building's like X-Star lead certified or whatever, so there's some sort of water regeneration thing going on. But it's like they literally have placards over the toilets. Like, is this a thing that people do otherwise? Or Holy crap. I wish that people could see how big your eyes are right now. <laughs> Signs? Listen, I'm a... <laughs> I'm not a libertarian. Uh, so oh, let I, people do what they want. <laughs> drink out of the toilet. I don't care. It's lead certified water. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, I haven't seen the sign at Karis Park. But, uh, I'm not either. Don't drink the sprinkler water. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll look it's into incredible. it. I love it. Uh, Deployer Grizz is uh, wondering if, uh, since we can't get a pass rush, should we go for a 1-4-6 defense or a 1-5-5? Oh Just put a <laughs> dub on the line and let's see what happens. <laughs> Assuming he's being a smartass. <laughs> Might as well, huh? <laughs> uh, okay, Old School Grizz kind of points out a yacht should be a long-term plan, and that is what Egris has to say. That's our questions, boys. Well done, Egris. Yeah. Thanks for bumming us out. 
I don't think. Let's see. Nothing in the DMs. And we're not going to hear from our guy Donovan, who usually has questions, because he got married today. Hey! So congratulations, congratulations Donovan. Donovan. You and your wonderful bride. I hope it was a great day. Today? So he was telling me about this. Um, hope I'm not, I don't think I'm spilling too much personal stuff on a podcast, especially at the second especially without well, last the name. Second hour. I'm not saying his last name, but... Uh, he, uh, they were, uh, it was one of these, uh, COVID weddings and booked, uh, booked a very nice venue outside of town and, uh, had to reschedule, wanted to stick with the same date. Uh, last year did not work and they got back to him and said, uh, we can do it on, I guess what would be 10, eight and it's Sunday and they made some, they made some things work and dude got married today. So we had a, after uh, QB club, we, uh, had a had an old fashioned uh, had a had a whiskey in his honor and wished him the best and Hell congrats yeah. to him. Won't be seeing him at QB, won't be seeing him at QB club for a few weeks because guys newlywed. I'm presumably a honeymoon and enjoying life. So congrats, Donovan. Good for him. Cheers to Donovan. And clearly not listening to the pod, dude. Well, probably well, tonight's smart, but I don't even know where the honeymoon is. But it would be kind of funny where he's like, I'm, I'm in Bali tell you. and I was listening to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, shout out to Chad Dundas as well too. We sat down with him this week. Mm. Did an interview for the Pulp, which is that new um, online uh, news source in Missoula, covering Missoula stuff. Uh, don't know when the article hit, but we'll certainly share it. Um, I think that he realized we're a lot more boring than you might expect, <laughs> uh, but that's fine. Mike, it's funny. I don't know if you're in the room yet, but I said it to Luke when we were setting up. I said. Uh, I felt like our conversation got better after we finished the beer when we were talking to him. <laughs> uh, when he stopped recording, and it kind of realized that I think we have more fun here once we've <laughs> popped one and started having a little bit more fun. But, uh, dude, I uh, wanted to interview him. He seemed well, more interesting. Well, you did. You started than asking us. him questions. It was well, great. I loved it. <laughs> it's like he's he's got like a couple critically acclaimed books. He has yeah. his own MMA Actually, podcast. I was wishing that we were recording right then because, like, I. I we were having an interesting conversation about some of that stuff. Yeah. I was and like, then, what? And we were talking about how like, he's got all these followers for other things, and then he tweets about the Grizz. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares. We should be interviewing you, dude. <laughs> you, I'm graduate. That's right. Absolutely. That's, that's all we got. All right. Um, I got a thing on Wednesday night, 5 to 7 at the Still Room. Okay. Um, and you're invited. Love love Mike, and I love the still room. Yeah. This is a win-win. And it's yeah. also walking distance from my place. So. Hey, there you go. Five, <laughs> five, seven. Drop in. Say hi. You know, I'll be there with, you know, other people doing, you know, things that might be <laughs> campaign related. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, come on down. Say hi. Sick. All love right. it. Well, I'll be there. Perfect. Sounds good. That's really all I got. Um None of us go to Idaho, so have a great time if you are, and we will see you right back here next week. Go, Grizz.